In today's podcast, we're going to talk about some big words. We're going to give you some concepts about how to approach conflict in your home differently by looking at chaos and rigidity and how Dr. Siegel's work in interpersonal neuroscience can give you some real practical tools to shifting those dynamics in your family. Welcome to the Art of Raising Humans. Hello, and welcome to episode 47 of The Art of Raising Humans. I'm Kyle. And I'm Sarah. And today we're going to talk about something that's going to be so helpful to you, but it's going to sound kind of weird at first. But before we dive into it, I want to remind you, we just started talking about this the last couple episodes, Sarah, about how we want to do more speaking stuff. So we've already got um, two for sure booked for September, and we've got a few more in the, in the works, three other ones for maybe November, maybe into the spring. You know, so our goal is to get maybe four to six over the fall and into the spring, maybe a couple more. Just want to reach more people with this message of, you know, parenting, moving away from fear, shame, and helping disciple your kids and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So all the stuff we've been talking about. So if you have any ideas or would like to be interested in seeing if we could do a speaking event at your church, at your school, at your small group, whatever it is, um, reach out to us at info at parentinglegacy.com. That's info at parentinglegacy.com. Or you can always reach out to us through this podcast and put some kind of comment on the podcast. And speaking of that, love for you to give us five stars. We love those reviews. We've gotten a lot of cool feedback um, over this past year. And it's always really encouraging to see how it's impacting families. So please take a moment, if you're enjoying this content, to share it, to comment on it, to, you know, five star it. It'd be awesome. Um, so today, to dive into it, what are we talking about today, Sarah? We're talking about linkage and differentiation. Linkage and differentiation. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll get there. First, I want to talk oh, about okay, okay. chaos and rigidity. Oh, oh, and the reason why we're talking about this, Sarah, is we just did a, several episodes on school and getting ready for school. Yeah. And lately, what I'm seeing in practice and you and I are seeing and just talking to adults at this time of life, there's a lot of chaos and rigidity happening. And so we've talked in the past about power struggles and how to work through that and resolve conflict. I just love this particular wording that Dr. Dan Siegel uses. Now, we're not experts on everything Dr. Dan Siegel teaches. He's a fantastic neuroscientist, has a lot of great parenting books. If you want to learn more about this stuff, past what we talk about, dive into his books. He's got some great information on parenting from the inside out, uh, no drama discipline, the whole brain child. These are all fantastic books that will dive into this subject deeper. But I particularly wanted to just touch upon it with you, Sarah, because I think it's going to be really helpful just reframing some of the conflict that happens in their home. You know? Yeah, I, I think I came across Dan Siegel early on in my career at a training I was sent to, and he blew my mind. Mm -hmm. um, he, I love... I love neuroscience. I love mm -hmm. the brain. I love looking at how the brain changes and responds in relationship with another person. Yeah. And uh, Dr. Siegel's great at that. So I know we have used a lot of his his information yes. and yeah. all the things he's learned through the studies he's yep. done in um, parenting. Well, he, he, he really informs a lot of the new wave of parenting to where it's just more knowledge based about the brain and about mm -hmm. emotion and about how it affects and interacts. And so I, I even love his whole branch called interpersonal neurobiology. Mm -hmm. What does that mean, Sarah? What does interpersonal neurobiology Well, it's kind of what I was just saying, mm -hmm. you know, it, where you're watching the brain before we would do things and we were looking from the outside to see what happened. But now yeah. we can more have 
have a better idea of what's happening in the brain. If I parent my child this way and we have this kind of an interpersonal relationship, we can now actually see what it does mm, to the yeah, brain. And we yeah. can see now we know what it does 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road, 40 years down the road. We're able, we have a lot more information to see if I parent my child this way, what kind of adult are they going to be? Yeah. How's this set them up for relationship later? Yeah. And interpersonal biology, neurobiology is just that look at the interaction between you and I and me and my child and, yeah. and what's what uh, what that does to our relationship. So a quick example of that to be, to kind of break it down um, so listeners can understand, a real quick way of looking at that is simple, is if I'm going to sit down and talk to my kids about school and maybe I'm frustrated with them, whether or not I express that frustration, whether or not I, I say it at all, I will send that frustration towards them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so my frustration will impact, or let's say in our marriage, if I came to you and I was upset about something, it would impact you without you knowing about it. You know, you would feel the upset from me and it would make it harder for you to stay open handed and calm and receptive. Like we've discussed in the past, Mm -hmm. but how we want to be. So if, if I'm going to talk to my kid about school and I'm frustrated or judgmental or critical about how they're doing school, and then I don't want them to be defensive, that's going to be very difficult because they're going to be less receptive because our brains aren't siloed. I mean, they're engaging each other and they're interacting with one another. Yeah. Yeah. We can't just act and then think it's not going to impact them. And it's not just the words or this one moment. It is, it's our body language. It's the way that we're completely engaging the relationship and that moment and across time, how that happens between mm-hmm. people. I love this wording and some clients, it really helps them see it different. I know it did for me. It wanted to help me take it less personal. It also gave me a path towards like um, resolving the conflict and moving out of the power struggles, you know? Um, so typically, you know, what, what Siegel might do, he might draw like um, a river, like a waterway and there's water flowing and on that water is chaos and rigidity, you know? And so you might be seeing, anytime you're seeing your kid, I don't care what age they are, two-year-old, four-year-old, teenager, whatever it is, if you're seeing them act in a chaotic and rigid way, um, it's telling you something. You know, it's telling you something about where they're at in the brain, um, but it's also telling you what they need from you in that moment to shift the chaos, to move from rigidity to flexibility. It's also helped me when I see that, I've noticed in myself and the parents that we help, that we tend to want to match that, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that if I'm conscious of my own chaos and rigidity, if I'm acting really chaotic in my thinking, I'm being very rigid, meaning like there's only one way to do this and yeah. it's my way, you know, yeah. or if the kid's doing it, you'll find what happens in a lot of families, the power struggle is the kid gets rigid and chaotic. And then the parent comes back and says, well, yeah, you're going to be rigid and chaotic. Well, I'll be rigid and chaotic back yeah. and I'll overpower you. And that the chaotic is like the yelling and the raising of the voice and the just, you, you know, I mean, Every parent listening has been there. Well, we've all acted like little kids with our kids. The temper tantrums. Yes. That would be the chaos. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah. yeah older just, kids. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. sitting in traffic and like, come on, screaming at the yeah. traffic. It's all very chaotic. And then the rigid is the inflexibility to change your mind or try to mm-hmm. see it a different way. This is the only way I'm doing it. If the kid says, this is the only way I'm doing it, and then the parent says, oh, no, this is the only way it will be done. Yeah. That's matching rigid with rigid. And, and, and I think this is happening a lot when kids are coming home from school. They're tired. They're stressed. There's a mm-hmm. lot of social stuff going on, a lot of a lot of pressure. They're doing, you know, parents come home and, I mean, kids come home and parents, let's get on homework. And lots of times the reaction is chaos and rigidity. Mm-hmm. You know, the kids are rigid. They don't want to do it. They're like on the ground or the, the teenager's shutting the door, closing you out. And so there's a lot of like conflict happening on a daily basis. So I thought this would be so perfect to talk about the antidote to chaos and rigidity, right? Moving right. away from these power struggles and these battles of will. So going back to what you said initially, what is the antidote to chaos and rigidity? If they're seeing that stream, it's flowing through their family quickly. How do we get, get past that? Well, with differentiation to begin with. And what is that? Yeah. That's a, a big, big word. word. <laughs> differentiation. I love writing it on a dry erase board yeah, and seeing kids like, go, what is that? Right? What in the world? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what is that? Uh, it is where I just start by acknowledging that we're different people. And that's okay, that we're going to have different agendas, different wants, different needs, different priorities. Yeah. And um, as a parent, sometimes that can be really hard to do because you think I'm cu- you're coming in with this value. You're coming in with this, I want you to be a hard worker, or yeah. I want you to be a very clean person, yeah. or I want only A's. or yeah. and, and you're coming in with this, and you want to lay that on top of your child. Yeah. But kids sometimes, as we all have learned, I'm sure, even at one and two years old, they're like, uh, no, I actually don't buy into your... This is what I value, or this is what I want, or this is... And so differentiation is just sort of the acknowledgement that we are going to be different. Yes. Our values, our priorities, all those things are going to be different, and that's okay. And healthy. To moving into acceptance, right? And that is a healthy relationship, right? Even in a marriage, it would be very strange if you and I wanted all the same things, had all the same priorities. Because you'd become me, and it'd be like I married myself. Well, if you ever met that couple, we we never argue every. Everything yes. we want is always yes. the same, That's right. you know, and, and over time you think, huh, you just never want anything yeah. different yeah. and it's healthy, right? If I'm a whole person and you're a whole person, yeah. at some point we're not going to line up yeah. in what we want or, or think or, and that's okay. We'll work through it. Yeah. And so it is the same with a child. They are their own unique, different person than yeah. you. And so sometimes you don't line up and differentiation is just moving into that space of, okay, you're you and I'm me. What do you want and think? What do I want and think? I think as you're saying it, it all sounds so healthy. I think the thing, though, the fear that rises up is if my kid is not learning this thing from me, like let's say like I'm really assertive and I really do a great job standing up for myself or I'm really organized and I really want to... I value cleanliness. Why don't they? It almost, instead of it being like, no, they are just being them, which is different from you. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a rejection of you. It's almost mm-hmm. like they, they are refusing to learn this thing from me. You know, I heard modeling is the most powerful teacher. Well, I've been modeling this and they're obviously not learning it, you know? And so it almost seems like a failure on my part to be able to give the best of me to my kid. And the flip side is that it seems like, because fear does this, is we can easily see all the worst parts of our ourselves and our kid. And it's like, why are they getting all the worst parts and not getting the good parts? And so there's ways in which we, the the differentiation is so freeing, you know, because it really isn't about rejecting you at all. It's an embracing of them, you know? Yeah. And, and, and understanding maybe there's something they have to teach you too. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe there's something that they're good at. 
that they could teach you. And Siegel's really good about talking about, especially teenagers. Teenagers are really good at being creative and thinking outside the box. Yeah. And like our brains are kind of old. <laughs> like it's harder for us. But part to, of your brain, you're just yeah. not in that same space. Exactly. Your brain is onto a new scale. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The teenage brain is still very flowing yes. and creative. Yes. And, it's a much better way but to put it. But I think, <laughs> yeah, I'm an old brain. <laughs> That's right. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, I think, I think though, when you say that fear part of it, yeah. Oh, I think that's tough as a mm-hmm, parent because mm-hmm. I think one, you, you think maybe you have this this thing you want to leave for them, right? This legacy yeah, or this thing these of values. Yeah, yeah, I want to give this to you to help you be successful yeah. in life. And then there's also this fear of they're just going to run wild, exactly. Yeah. You know, and where will this lead? Our, our yeah. brains go to catastrophe, catastrophizing. Yeah. If, mm-hmm. if I don't have them do this, this, and this, then all hell's going to break loose. It's going to be horrible. Every it's the end for my child. Yeah. I think we have to. That's the part that gets a real struggle as a parent yeah and what does it look like if i differentiate what are you talking about here what's that going to look like well especially if i learned these things and they've really helped me be successful in life i really want to give them to you because i want you to be successful in life and if you don't have them you know maybe we've told ourselves if i didn't have these i wouldn't be successful now if i don't have so fear can start taking you down that down that road so so it's a big i know it sounds really simple but it is very hard to do when you start to get frustrated or upset or these kind, it's almost always a lack of differentiation. I'm starting to get chaotic and rigid because I think you should see the world the way I do, or I think you should understand this moment the way I understand it. So I can be so much more open and receptive whenever I approach anybody, my wife, you know, the, the kids, you're not me and there's no expectation for you to see it the way I see it. You know? Mm-hmm. So then do you see how the goal then is just understanding? Like I'm trying to understand you and how you see it because you're not me. And then I think typically the other person is open to trying to understand you and how you see it. Yeah. And that's, that's actually a really healthy way to do, to do the interaction, but you can't do that unless we first start there. You're not yeah. me. You don't need to see it like me or think like me or believe like me. Yeah. It's kind of like you take off the boxing gloves. Mm, you know, to me, yeah. that's what yeah. it does. Everyone just yeah. sort of lets down their guard. Yeah. And, the, oh, you just, you just, you're trying to understand me? Yeah. You know, similar in a friendship or a coworker, if you have that, you know, if you go in and just battling each other. Yeah. But the moment you go in and say, you know, I had this, I had a different view of this. What were you wanting to do? Can yeah. you tell me more about that? Yeah. And suddenly you see them relax and they tell you, but then they start wondering about you. Yeah. In, in a lot of relationships, of course, that doesn't always. Think- work magic <laughs> I, I, think it, I think it most I hope our listeners get this idea yes we're talking about parenting helps in your marriage I, I know you and I have both done it with co-workers it's worked awesome yeah. done it with friends it works yeah. awesome almost always the conflict with the friends or the co-workers was I think you're an idiot because you don't do it like me yeah. you know and then once I was like oh that oh they had a reason why they did it and they thought it was a good one and mm-hmm. just like I thought mine was a good one and once we learned it they were more open to my way of doing it and I was more yeah. open to their well we you can. feel that tension you yeah. feel and that's the chaos and the rigidity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you feel that it's it's like almost feels like something you can touch when you're in a room and there's that battle going on and so if you just move into different okay here's you and here's me yep and i'll just remind you that the one of the biggest things for teenagers that we've discussed before in previous podcasts is they feel like you don't understand them teenagers mm-hmm. feel like you just don't get it and it's because we're not respecting the differentiation mm-hmm. and te- as teenagers specifically they're very much trying to differentiate themselves and so i think the more you do this well the less they feel like they have to push you away the less 
they feel like they have to reject you to become them. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's their task. Yeah, that's their task at that age because their brain knows they're about to head out, and so they have got to get this figured out before that day comes. So differentiation is something they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, and so let's help them by acknowledging that with them. Yeah, for them in each moment. Yeah, and I almost think just one last thought on this, Sarah, is some of you have kids who are just super people pleasers, super compliant. Mm-hmm. And I almost, the other flip end, I, I want my kid to differentiate themselves yeah. from me. I don't want them to think like I think and say what I say every time. I want them to have their own thoughts and opinions mm-hmm. and ideas. So you might have some kids who seem to be, it's like, so, oh, this is great. My kid just does everything I say. And like, you actually want your kid to ruffle some feathers because they aren't you. They should not think mm-hmm. like you or say everything. You know, there's going to be some similarities, but for the most part, you got to realize they're not you and they need to find out who they are well, by voicing those. Right. You and know? you actually want them to, because they're going to have to go out sometime in the world and do yeah. that. And how much better would it be if you're the one practicing with them instead of some relationship someday, they realize, wow, I haven't been me this whole time. I've just been doing whatever you want to do or liking whatever you want to like or in a job and career and realizing this isn't this isn't me. I I never I never really actually got back to figuring out me. So we want to use those teenage years to help them later. Okay, so we've thrown these words out. Keep in mind chaos, rigidity. If you're seeing that within yourself, within your child, within relationships around you. The antidote first is differentiation. Take a step back. Take a deep breath. This person is not me. My child is not me. They do not have to think or feel the way I think and feel at this moment. So the goal isn't to get them to do that. The goal is next to create linkage. What is linkage? Linkage is that wonderful time where then you come back together. So you're you and I'm me. Now we're going to come back together and link. I love the linkage because you're you're, you're going to find that common ground. Okay, mm-hmm. now that we know what you want and your agenda, now we know what I like and my agenda. Where can we come together on this? Here's where we're going and how can we come together in this moment to accomplish the task or to grow and learn or to whatever it might be. So I think um, when we were talking about being scared, you know, and I yep. think, oh man, if I look at my teen and I just say, okay, you're a different person than me. You go be you. And, and, and you know, our fear goes, oh, they're going to go crazy. Yes. Yeah. But that's where linkage comes back in because it's not just a be free, run. Yeah. It, yeah. it is a, okay, you're you and I'm me, but where can we find this common ground? Yeah. How can we come yeah. back together? Because you don't want to just leave the separation. And the and the coming back together isn't to change them or to change you. Yes. Yeah. It's to look at the thing that you're, whatever the situation is, and find the common ground well, and move yeah. forward together. Well, going back to the understanding. that thing yeah. together. You're co-creating, right? Yes. Going back to the understanding is once I've sat there and we've come together, you're not me, I'm not you, and now the goal is to understand you. You tell me about you and what you're wanting in this moment. I tell you what I want. That's the only way we could co-create it, right? That's the only way. So it's through the linking that once I understand you and you understand me, that's the only way then we can come back together and say, what do we both actually want to do in this moment together, right? Mm-hmm. I think I think a real fun example of this is it's a classic one. Dr. Siegel uses at his conferences. So this is just a real fun example of how to do this with a two-year-old. You know, so he was talking about, we've all been there with our two-year-old getting into the car seat and maybe the two-year-old yeah. doesn't want to put on the, the seatbelt, you know, mm-hmm. is fighting getting in the car seat, right? So you're seeing chaos and rigidity. The kid's saying, I'm not you. I don't think it's that important to put this on. Why? Because the two-year-old doesn't understand the idea of safety. I've seen some parents go this route, and I'm not heaping shame if you've done this, but some parents have gone so far as to like, oh, a police officer here at, at the local Venus, or I'll have him come over and scare my two-year-old to doing it. Like, people die if you don't. Have. So you could do that, but all that's going to do is create more chaos and rigidity. 
it doesn't create linkage and differentiation, you know? And so, or you could, some parents, maybe some all on the listing have done this. You, you physically make the kids mm-hmm. sit there. You put it on them, tell them to leave it alone. You say, right, once again, you have accomplished the task, but you did not help the chaos and rigidity be less likely to happen in the future. Mm-hmm. The kid is going to think, oh, this is what we do. I tell you I don't want it. You make me wear it. And so, okay, mm-hmm. I want to help. So this is a good example just for a two-year-old, but it, you'll see how it plays out among all ages, okay? So what Siegel says in that moment is you take, first of all, you respect the differentiation. The kid doesn't get why this is so important. The kid is tired. The kid is hungry. The kid is just wanting to move. His body is, you know, whatever. So you respect, he's not me. He doesn't get it. So then he says, the next thing you do is you create linkage. And one of the most powerful ways to create linkage with anybody is by creating a story together. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think about that. I'll get to the two-year-old in just a second, but I get to the, like with our marriage, you and I have a vision about what we want to do in our marriage. Uh, we have a vision of what we want to do as parents. We've created a story together that helps us in conflictual times to come back and link together, yeah. you know, yeah. to say, how does this create that story? How does it complete the story we created? Right? Mm-hmm. So with the two-year-old, he says, all you got to do is say something like, we're going to call him Bill. <laughs> so, so say, hey, Billy. Um, yeah, I'm glad you won't sit in the car seat because if you did, my invisible friend Johnny, he's sitting there. If you sit on him and put that seatbelt on, he's going to scream his head off and he's going to make me do this funky dance. I don't want to do it. It's embarrassing. And he's like, as soon as you say that, that two-year-old's going to be so excited to see that funky dance. And the two-year-old's going to sit there and you're going to be like, oh my gosh, Johnny's screaming and you're going to do the funky dance. He'll buckle himself in. And Siegel would suggest you do that two or three times. You don't need to do that anymore after that. You know, that, that Billy will have learned that you're on the same page. You're not against Mm -hmm. each other. You created the linkage through the play. So I just love that example because I think it really articulates that, how you can do that with little kids, you know? What's some ways you think, Sarah, we could do that with older kids, you know? Elementary age you and the teenagers. You could still try a funky dance. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> teenagers would love to see that, right? They would. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, well, it's it's a similar idea. Maybe you're not doing a silly dance. Yeah. Maybe you are. But yeah. it's just the coming back together to say, what is this going to look like for yeah. us? You know, if it's how to take care of your space, mm-hmm. your room. Yes. What, what's your what what's important to you this is what's important to me what can we how can we do this mm-hmm. what can we create together for how your space is managed yeah or grades school school listed dad what do we want this year you did that in the previous yeah. podcast yeah. setting the goals with them that was all creating linkage you were designing the year together right yeah just because you want school to go a certain way doesn't mean they want it to go the same way right yeah. but it doesn't mean the way they want it is more important than how you want it mm-hmm. both ways have equal value value in the family. So you bring them together and you co-create where both voices are being heard and both are valued. And then through the linkage, you create a story together. You create like, how do you want this year to go? How can we help that happen? You know? And the kid starts to feel that power of, oh, it's, I don't need to do school the way you did it. Just because you did school that way doesn't mean I have to do school that way. Right. Right. Or just, you know, it's real popular nowadays where parents who went to college have kids who don't want to go to college because it's Mm -hmm. so expensive. I get that. So, yeah, but some parents won't respect the differentiation. But no, college is the only path. It has to be this way because I did it. And the kids I'm seeing in counseling and sessions, they're pushing against that. You know, and they're saying, so what I found is once the parent was open to like, wait, the path I took isn't the path you have to take. What mm-hmm. path, where do you want to go? And you'll 
fine. They both link together. The parent wants the kid to succeed and the kid wants to succeed. The parent wants the kid to be financially independent. The kid wants to be that. Yes. What could we there do to There is a that? lot of common ground, but we're in yeah. that rigid and chaos place. It's hard to see that common ground, so it's hard to create something together in that space. Yes. But when you separate listen to each other, then you can come together and there's a lot of common ground. And then you actually come alongside your child and helping them get where you're hoping they go, where they're hoping they go. And those things aren't as different as we often fear that they are. So I hope as you're listening, there's a lot of topics in parenting that you could cover this with, from going to school, to doing homework, to phones, to screens, to to plans for college. Friendships, Um, relationships. Siblings getting along and all these, this, you know, Siegel's done a great job of how this covers all of these different topics. Mm -hmm. It all starts with, if you're seeing chaos and you're seeing rigidity, first manage it within yourself. Don't let yourself meet it with chaos and rigidity. Instead, take a deep breath, compose yourself, understand that you are not them. They are not you. They don't see the world the same way you do. And it's good. That's a good thing. The fact that the other person doesn't see the world the same way you do is good. It's a strength of the relationship. So then you come back and then create linkage. How do you come back together and work together to co-create a different moment together? So I hope you're seeing how this all can work to help with these conflicts and these power struggles in your family just by seeing it and reframing it in this way hopes it gives you some real helpful tools going forward so we appreciate you guys listening please share this with any of your friends who you think would be helpful with other parents um, we just really think this knowledge is really good for families um, who you know really struggle with working together to create different outcomes so i hope this this podcast was was really informative and we thank you for listening thank you have a great day The Art of Raising Humans podcast should not be considered or used as counseling, but for educational purposes only. 